You want to be a crime fighter, a spy, a thief, accountant, football player? Who are you dreaming about when you wanted to grow up? Tonight we're going to take the... Tonight we're starting a new series and we're going to take three large groups to examine this question. Who you wanted to be when you grew up. And also to unpack whether you're content with who you are right now. Why Hollywood, after all, has really hit on to something, haven't they? With all their hero TV shows and movies. They realize that there's an imagination out there that all of us are trying to tap into. Because we're tired of our run-down worn-out lives. There's something about our mundane living that leaves us soul-searching to have supernatural abilities to be someone, something different, more powerful, more likable, more personable, more respected. Hollywood has keyed in on something and that's why we're going to be looking at the two TV shows, Lost and Heroes, and then looking at the two movies, Spider-Man and Harry Potter, because they are really captivating in to this whole thought of transformation, to be something different. So this night, we're going to look at Lost. Lost is a current television show which the characters deal with real-life problems that they face every day. Perhaps they're problems that you face. Issues of acceptance, faith, fear, Insecurities and addiction. Loss takes place on some unknown tropical island. And there are three main groups. The first main group was on Oceanic Flight 815, bound from Australia to America. As they were flying over the ocean, the plane comes apart and two segments of it crashes on different parts of the island, leaving miraculously survivors then there's a second group which actually is the island itself this mysterious mythical spiritual place that actually allows things that could not occur in our reality but it happens there on a daily basis take for example a boy sees a polar bear running through the woods Polar bear, you say? How could that be? It came out of his comic book. Or they all hear and see movements that could only be explained from a dinosaur, but they never actually come in contact with the dinosaur. Or a man who sees his dead father walking. The third group is a group of people that actually have been living on the island in a utopia community. And this group is called the Others. And the Others are trying to assimilate some of the survivors of the plane crash or kill them. That's the three groups. So we have the people that crash landed, we have the island, and we have the Others. We're going to actually look at the first group, the people that crash landed. Let's look at the cast here. I've got a slide here to kind of explain who they are. On the top... Uh, Right-hand corner there, your left, you'll see Jack. Jack actually is a doctor, okay, who was extremely controlling and very judgmental. He had his world totally in order and locked on until the day that he decided to nurse back to life a female patient that he doctored to be his wife 
But she had an affair and chose to leave him because his grasp was too tight. And then on the other side, you have Sawyer. Sawyer is a con man who actually sought out all his life to kill the man who ripped his childhood away from him because he conned his parents away and he never had a good upbringing. And then you have Sun and Jin, a couple that is escaping their past of lies and deceit, and Sun has her own history that she's trying to cover up. She's carrying the baby of her lover, not her husband, Jin. And then you have Claire. Claire is a single, scared mom pregnant with an unwanted baby. How is she going to live? How is she going to survive on this remote island which appears to have no escape, no help? We already looked at Hurley, in case you were wondering what that opening episode was. Hurley actually was in a uh, mental institution where he came across another inmate who actually had this mysterious number running through his head, and Hurley wrote it down and played the lottery, and the lottery hit. And he became a financial wizard, millionaire overnight. However, bad luck followed him wherever he was. Now, you're probably saying we haven't unpacked all the characters. Actually, we're going to look at three characters specifically. We're going to look at Kate, Charlie, and Locke. And we're going to start off by seeing what has haunted Charlie. No. I'm glad you came, Charlie. Every track needs a coward. I'm not a coward. Are you all right, sir? I'm good. Thanks. Can I get you a water? I'm fine. Thank you. Please? All right. Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. Please return to your seat and fasten your seatbelts. Sir, are you all right? Just a minute. 
to me! I'm gonna have to ask that you open the door, please. Open the door now, sir. Charlie came to this island a washed up rock star addicted to cocaine. You see, he actually had an older brother who was the lead of the band. And his older brother kept trying to push his lifestyle on his younger brother, on Charlie. But Charlie at that point rejected it. But when he saw the pop, the fame, the success, Charlie started to get into it and he started to take drugs. And his brother, who left him betrayed and behind and abandoned, has Charlie just making bad decisions after one, and he's left alone and hooked on cocaine and heroin and anything he can get his hands on. But yet he comes to this island, and he has a chance at a new life, an opportunity to start over, to actually learn how to be a friend to others, and possibly the husband to Claire and or the father of her baby. But then we have another character. His name is Locke. Locke is a worn out, kind of an unassuming man who really is a shadow of a figure. You see, Locke left behind an average life. He actually worked for a box company making boxes. And the reason why he never was manly enough to live life and fulfill his dreams is that his father abandoned him when he was a little boy. And he never had anyone to look up to. What's interesting as could be is his father actually resurfaces when he's an older man and swindles him out of money. And then the father resurfaces again and actually swindles him out of one of his kidneys. Now Locke is at a crossroads because he's at the point where he's had enough. He's dating this woman. And the woman says, your obsession with your father and confronting him has to stop or we're over. He chooses to confront his father, losing his girlfriend. And his father pushes him out a window. And Locke falls to the ground, leaving him paralyzed, bound to a wheelchair. Now Locke, is finally at the point where he wants to be a man and fulfill his dreams. He had told people in the box company that he was a rugged warrior, perhaps a secret soldier, maybe in the CIA. Let's see how he fulfills his dreams and tries to be a man and learn about manhood. Nice work. Nice work, you know. Killing it. Just thought I should say something. So that thing, the monster, whatever. She said it was headed right towards you. Did you see anything? Get any kind of look at it? No. Here. I'm not just some stroll through the park. 
It's trekking across vast stretches of desert, rafting bloody treacherous waters. You've got no idea who you're talking to. I'm well aware of what's involved, believe me. I probably know more than you on the subject. In any case, it's a trying ordeal for someone in peak physical condition. That alone... Well, I booked this tour a month ago. You've already got my money. Now, I demand a place on that bus. You misrepresented yourself. I never lied. By omission, Mr. Locke, you neglected to tell us about your condition. My condition is not an issue. I've lived with it for four years. It's never kept me from doing anything. Well, unfortunately, it is an issue for our insurance company. I can't keep the bus waiting any longer. It isn't fair to the other people. Don't talk to me about fair! get you on a plane back to Sydney on our dime. It's the best I can No, I, I don't want to go back to Sydney. Look, I've been preparing for this for years. Just put me on the bus right now. I can do this. No, you can't. Hey, hey, don't you walk away from me. You don't know who you're dealing with. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever. This is destiny. This is destiny. This is, this is my destiny. This is, I'm supposed to do this, damn it. As you can see, Locke and the island are interconnected. Here he is walking after being bound in a wheelchair for four years. A miracle. Amazing. And now he can actually be that warrior and wonderful man he always hoped to be. He's going to be a woodsman, and he's going to be able to do it, and he's going to lead courageously. Then there's Kate, who killed her father-in-law. And when she went to her mother to save them from the abuse that this man was doing to both her and her mother, her mother turned her back on her and actually told the authorities, leaving Kate running from the law, no matter where she turned. And we find out that she's handcuffed on this plane and sitting next to her is a marshal with extradition orders to bring her back to the States to face trial. An interesting thing happens, however, that he does not survive the plane crash. He has a fatal injury, and before he breathes his last breath, he talks to Jack and tells Jack about Kate's past. And then Kate finally goes to Jack after the marshal dies and wants to tell her, confess, let it all out. Because there's a smoldering 
romance developing. Let's see how Jack responds to Kate's desire to confess. tell you what I did. Why he was after me. I don't want to know. It doesn't matter, Kate. Who we were. What we did before this, before the crash. It doesn't really... Hollywood has painted a picture to leave your past, to leave behind your decisions, your consequences, the dire situations that you are facing daily, to forget the past, to leave it behind, to start new, to have a new life, new opportunities, new friends, new community. The lost writers have really captured something to escape the daily reality of real people and place them in a new environment. It's like this wonderful tension of a reality show. People are flying on an airplane. Next thing they know, they're on an island and they're having to deal with survival on a daily basis, not only from the island itself, but the others, and then the infighting that happens in their community. You know, it's interesting. If I were to sit down and talk with the writers, I wonder if I'd learn why they wrote the scripts that they have. Perhaps it's because they realize that people from all over are trying to find ways to free up, run from, cover up their past decisions, mistakes, to free their guilt from the people they've hurt, or run away from the abuse and those that have abused them or battered them. I don't know about you, but if you could start over, if you were a controlling doctor, a murderer on the run, or a man paralyzed both in mind and body, what problem would you leave behind? What would you want to have covered up in the sand? You see, each of these characters not only are now bound on this island with no apparent way to get off, the show unpacks over each episode that they somehow had contact with one another before they even boarded Oceanic Flight 815. People are connected. Past histories bubble up. And those consequences do have reality that takes shape in lives. 
Each character has to learn to cover up, let go, or include past personal histories. So I'm just curious. A new life is found by being ripped out, removed, and plonked on an island, a tropical island, in a parent paradise? Is that something that you would believe? Do you think you could pack up right now and leave everything behind? Or would it catch up to you? And if so, what then? Oftentimes when we're going through the kind of filter of our minds, of our past, we can be filled with regret, disappointment, and despair. You know what decisions you made that didn't come out the way you hoped. Only you know who you've wronged, who you've cheated, where you've lied. When you run into difficult times, what do you do? Chances are you probably remove yourself from the people around you. You cover up. You hold deep down in. You keep that secret tight. You don't want anyone to know that you had intermarital sex. You don't want anyone to know that you used to do drugs. You don't want anyone to know that you lied about your resume to get a job. And what happens is that when you have a bad past, a bad history, you isolate, you remove, you push people away because you don't want to accept their help. Perhaps it's because you don't want to hear them say, I told you so. Or you're afraid they'll judge you and shun you. Or worse yet, they'll offer help, but they have no comprehension of the abuse that you've gone through. What does it look like to be left alone, isolated, and scared? Where do you turn? What do you do? Donald Miller explains, no matter who you are or what you've gone through, loneliness is something that happens to us. But I think it's something we can move ourselves out of. I think a person who is lonely should dig into community, give himself to a community, humble himself before friends, initiate community, teach people to care for each other, love each other. Jesus does not want us floating through space or sitting in front of our television. Jesus wants us interacting, eating together, laughing together, praying together. Loneliness is something that came from the fall. Now, lost is on to something. No matter who you are or where you've been, we all have been lost at some point in life. We've all felt all alone. Donald Miller said it came from the fall. The fall being our estrangement, our separation from God. You see that there was an original couple of all humankind. And they made a choice, a bad choice, that left every human being born after them, born with a black heart, where the skewed 
mentality left a bad morality. Our default setting was selfishness. Miller goes on to say, it is hard for us to admit we have a sin nature because we live in a system of checks and balances. If we get caught, we'll be punished. But that doesn't make good people. It only makes us subdued. Just think about Congress and the Senate and even the President. The genius of the American system is not freedom. The genius of the American system is checks and balances. Nobody gets all the power. Everybody is watching everybody else. It's as if the founding fathers knew intrinsically that the soul of man, unwatched, is perverse. You and I aren't perfect. We have a baseline, an original setting with a black heart. Tommy Nelson explains this black heart. Sin nature is total depravity, which might frighten some of us. But he finds nothing is more comforting than the doctrine of total depravity, the theology of sin nature. In fact, the doctrine of total depravity is the most emotionally freeing doctrine in all of the New Testament theology. It states that my whole person has been radically tainted by sin. Everything I do, think, or say on this side of glory will be tainted by sin. In our fallen state, our entire will is oriented against God. We are bent on our own ways of evil from the get-to. The doctrine of depravity is confronting, is comforting rather, because it means sanctification, forgiveness of sin, and the spiritual growth of righteousness is not up to me. It's not up to you. It's not up to us. You may be surprised that you're evil, but it's no revelation to God. And you see the characters in Lost and the people of our culture today that live in our midst, perhaps we're wrestling with it too. We know deep down in that there's nothing we can do to have peace and freedom from our dark hearts. The only way to do that is to find Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who leads us to a new life, a new way, a revived soul that frees us from guilt, shame, and despair. You may not know why you face dark days, why you make poor choices, Tommy Nelson quotes King Solomon, who understands our state. Solomon said, in a world full of questions, it's wonderful to know the absolutes of life. Some things in life we can't understand, but some things we can. What the moral will of God is, who He is, and who we are in Him. God is love. God is in control. God created you in His image. God knows everything about you. God has left a way to have a personal relationship with Him and have a right relationship with other people. God gave you His Son, Jesus Christ, as a way to live with meaning and purpose and significance. When you live through Jesus Christ, 
your life will be different. Donald Miller says it will be better. I do believe people change. And I do believe life can get better. I've changed. I've changed slowly and with time. The way a tree grows by the river. I have a very intelligent and conversive friend who teaches at a local Bible college. And he believes the only thing that truly changes a person is God's truth. That is, his word. And it's working in our lives through the Holy Spirit. This makes a lot of sense to me because the times in my life when I've been the most happy haven't been the times when I've had the most money, Hurley, from Lost. Or the most freedom, Sawyer. Or the most anything, Charlie or Son. But rather, when I've been in love or in community or right with people, The question is, when we're feeling lost and all alone, the real answer to our soul and our mind and our heart is love. We want to be loved. We want to be valued. We want to be recognized. We want to be included with the community. We want to live free. We want to live with God's anointing hand on us so that we can be different and revive the people around us. The prophet Isaiah recites God's words for those with a shady history. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. In the New Testament we read, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And in And in all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. As I shared before, lost has taken real people with real problems and removed them from their world to have a fresh start yet they're steeped in fear fear of the island fear of the others and fear of themselves as people are starting to find out about their histories the writer of Corinthians has stated that the person who lives for Christ will not have to live I'm sorry the writer of Corinthians has said you will not have to move You will not have to hide or run from your past, but instead will find help, healing, and opportunity to live differently. Eugene Peterson has paraphrased this New Testament passage this way. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life blossoms, grows, uproots. Blossoms. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled that relationship between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. This new life says that you can be more than who you are because you have meaning, purpose, and significance in life. You are no longer left longing to be someone else. No longer left being a controlling doctor, a woman wanting to keep her baby, a washed-up addict, A woman hiding a secret affair or a crippled man in mind and body. 
In Christ, you are a new creation. In Christ, you are a dearly loved daughter, a dearly loved son of God who tells you that He will change you from the inside out, allowing you to reconcile your past, heal your damaged relationships, and live right with people you know now and will know in the future. Hmm. I don't think we have to be uprooted, removed, or run from our past. No, a new life in Christ is found with freedom, inner peace, and opportunity. It is where your old life is reconciled through God's love of His Son, Jesus Christ. A new life is possible if you believe that. Now, this is going to sound a little funny, but I've done some extensive travel. I've been on many airplane rides. And I have to tell you, Every time I've gotten on them, I've safely gotten off them. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're looking at a reality drama series that's really a cross between X-Files and Dallas, you might love the fact that you're trying to figure out what the writers are leaving for us at the end of each episode. What will happen to them? Why is it happening to them? Why is the island appearing to guide them? But we're not sure where. Who are the others? Why did this plane crash in the air, yet the people on the flight somehow live? What's it all about? New life starts by leaving your past behind. It's dead. Hollywood claims that. But Christ says no. New life is only found through me. And as you trust me, I will use you to revive, refresh, renew others. Come inside and allow me to live with you, through you, and empower you to be a new person, free from the inside out. Hollywood's theme of a new life is to remove you physically from your world where a new life in Christ transforms you, leaving you in your world, leaving you to be a new creation, a new person. Lord, I thank you for tonight, and I thank you for a chance to look at pop culture and to see what you want to teach us. I pray, Lord, as we look at these uh, TV shows and movies, that you'll also give us an opportunity to look at the truth and look at relationship with you and see how you want us to live, free from our past, our consequences, our mistakes, free free from our isolation, free from our longings, free from the people that we've estranged or hurt. We pray, Jesus, for your life to become our lives so that we can be men and women of God in love with you, able to love others. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, it's kind of a, a lot of stuff to unpack there and uh, a lot of video clips and scriptures and uh, things to, to kind of really take in. So um, this last song, it's kind of more about just the simplicity of, um, of just who God is and that even no matter what we do and where we're at, that, uh, that he never lets go. And um, it's something that um, is just such a, a solid rock for us to stand on and especially if you're really um, not sure where you're at and you're feeling kind of lost or kind of lonely that um, it's something you can really take comfort in so we just uh, like to invite you to stand and uh, sing this last song with us <laughs> 